It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or maybe you listen on 100.3 FM. You could be listening there, or you're listening on the app, uh, WROLradio.com. Well, it's December. It's getting close to Christmas time, which means we're broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. Uh, it seems to be a yearly occurrence. So uh, we're at 517 North Main Street in Randolph. If you're in the area, stop on by and say hello. Uh, Auto Toys, uh, their specialty this time of year is remote car starters. Uh, they have a pretty neat deal where they have... Uh, uh, some boxes all wrapped up, so you have something to open up under the tree. It's not the car starter you get when you uh, when you uh, uh, have it put in in your car. But they also do all kinds of stuff: car alarms, car audios, Bluetooth, HID headlights, uh, satellite radio. If your car doesn't come with it, uh, oh, a little bit of everything here, including uh, solving some problems. We'll talk to uh, Dave, the owner, in a bit. Uh, so we have we have a lot of stuff going on. Also. We have uh, Junior D'Amato is going to be joining us shortly, talk about what's going on in the shops these days. Uh, Junior's an a, a automotive guy. He's a car guy. He's, uh, he's, got, some, he's got some collector, collector vehicles that are real interesting. So a lot of stuff. Always, always an interesting guy to talk to when we talk to him about what's going on in the industry. So we'll be talking to him in just a bit. And also, we just put out a study this week about uh, AAA illuminates the dangers of driving with cloudy headlights. Uh, if you've noticed the headlights on your car are starting to turn kind of white and frosty looking, well, that's pretty common. And we just did uh, we just did a study that shows that if your headlights are all f- kind of tinted over with uh, uh, the plastic lenses are all getting kind of aged from ultraviolet light, uh, in some cases, it's blocking 80% of the light hitting the road. So you're only getting about 20% of the light lighting the road, which means you can't see very well. You uh, add that on top of the idea that uh, many cars today, uh, the the low-beam headlights don't do much good at over 40 or 45 miles an hour. So you start to block some of the light, and uh, you're driving out with your low beams on at 50 miles an hour, and you wonder why you can't see that well. And for the same reason, what happens is people say, well, you know, those other cars on the road, they have those bright headlights. Well, some of it, they seem bright because yours are so dim. So that's one of the reasons. And there is ways to try to fix it. You can either replace the headlight assembly completely. You can replace the headlight assembly with an aftermarket assembly, which does a pretty good job, not quite as good sometimes as the factory one. Or you can try to clean them up. And there's a variety of different methods, including... Um, uh, literally sanding the plastic down with very, very fine sandpaper. That works to get more light on the road so you can see where you're going. And then afterwards, you have to coat the lenses with almost like a wax that prevents the UV light from attacking the plastic again and trying to get some more life out of it. Uh, but if you've been driving around with a car with uh, dingy headlights, you know how much of a problem that can be. And walk, you know, walk through a parking lot someday, and I noticed it the other day at work. I bet one out of every four or five cars in our parking lot at work, the headlights were some 
some mixture of being kind of cloudy and not looking in really great conditions. So, uh, so that's one of the things we need to look at. Our phone number is 617-770-3030 should you want to give us a call. And uh, we're waiting to hear from Junior uh, uh, D'Amato. Uh, Dennis is going to give him a call. and Oh, we do. Oh, all right. We have Junior D'Amato on the phone. Good morning, Junior. Hey, top of the morning, Mr. John. How are you? Good. How are you? So uh, you're, you, yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. You're broadcasting live from uh, Junior's Automotive in Middleborough, right? That's where we're at. We're just uh, doing one of our most famous and fabulous jobs: drilling all broken studs on a Ford. Oh, well, there you go. Manifold. Oh my God! What a disaster. So, <laughs> uh, you know, let's talk about let's talk about besides rust and corrosion, which. We're seeing an awful lot of what other kind of what other kind of problems you're seeing in the shops these days. Well, you were mentioning about the quality headlights. Big big yep. deal these days. Um, you know, like you said, there's a variety of different products. You start with some light sandpaper, you know, three thousand grit sandpaper, and then you start doing it. It does take a good uh, half hour to forty five minutes per light to do it right. Once you're done with the sealant. You need to go forward and then uh, put uh, a leather coat of wax on it. And then I tell people to buy a can of pledge or anything that has silicone in it. And on a regular basis, guess what? Just go out there with a towel or a T-shirt or any kind of cotton and uh, clean those headlights. And they do make a big difference, number one. Number two, a couple of years ago, we used a lot of the uh, Silver Star lights by Sylvania. And uh, those mm-hmm. things are DOT legal, unlike some of the other lights that you see uh, for sale out on the uh, Internet and stuff like that, the real bright white ones. And those silver-style lights, they work really well. The only downside to any kind of upgraded headlight is about 250 hours of operation. And they tell you right in the uh, package when you buy it, that's a life expectancy, which is a lot shorter than the factory, uh, the factory gives you, you know. Kind of crazy. Yeah, and it, the way it is. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like high performance tires. You don't get the same life out of them that you do out of uh, do out of a regular set of tires. High performance headlights, you have a little less light out of them, right? Well, yeah, you get you get a lot less a uh, lot less longevity. Now, the high performance tires—that's a whole nother ball game. You know, I thought that the uh, snow tires were just the snow uh, was just a different aggressive tread pattern. But it has a lot to do with the rubber in the tire as well. So <clears throat> that makes a big difference. You know, summertime tires are great for the summer, but boy, they certainly don't work well in the winter. No, I remember, I tell the story a lot, I was driving an Audi A6 uh, with all-wheel drive, and it had, the, it had the summer tires on it, and it snowed that day. I drove it to the end of my street, turned around, and brought it back because it was so bad. You, it, was, it was, it was, un, it was undrivable. It really was. It was just in, it was in, in tough, tough shape. So, uh, what are some of, the, what are some of the tricky things you, you're seeing? I mean, the technology today is getting more and more difficult. Uh, we were talking the other day, IATN and uh, Identifix are a good place to uh, do research. And now it seems like a lot of times you're doing research on all kinds of different repairs, right? Oh, it's amazing, John, with uh, Identifix, you know, 25 years ago, they were just in their infancy, and uh, they have come so far ahead, uh, you know, with uh, the International uh, Technicians Network and Identifix and some of the other stuff, and don't, uh, don't throw your nose up at uh, Google and YouTube, because anything you and I have done, John, someone else has done it. And they've done it, and they've done it, and they've done it over and over again. And they kind of make the perfection in it. 
Um, it's like we got a Honda down here that our friends at AAA towed in, and it lost the timing valve out on the highway. Is it or is it not an interference engine? Well, you can flip a coin. Uh, in some cases, the valves do crash. In some cases, they don't. So it's, uh, you know, you got to end up uh, at least putting a belt on it and cranking it over to see what's going on, or at least put air in the cylinders, but that's really not a w good way to do it. But it's amazing all the stuff that we are seeing um, in the automotive industry today. There's no more, um, you know, just put a set of plugs in it or whatever. Everything has really changed over the years. Yeah, it, it really has, and you talk, to, you talk to people, and it and it really is, it's not the... You know, remove and replace it. It's you got to really spend some time and, and diagnose these cars and figure out what's wrong with them. Majority of cars today that are five, six years old, John, have a bad ground wire somewhere in the harness. Um, batteries are another thing that you need to have a good battery in a car. Uh, most of the cars you can toss in a battery that's going to be a little better and heavier than the one you took out with more amperage. But if you do have like some of the BMWs and Mercedes, you have to actually go in and program the ECU for that particular type of battery with the power, whether it's a lead acid or an AGM or a dry cell, whatever you're going to put in there. It's, it's pretty amazing what's happened with this stuff. And battery voltage has a lot, a lot, a lot to do with operation of the, uh, the ignition system and these cars with all the gadgets and computers. Yeah, you're, you're right. In fact, I, I got an email from somebody the other day that was having a problem. They were getting a warning on the, I think they had a uh, Chevy Tahoe or something, and they were getting a warning that the trailer light wiring was an issue. And uh, I said to them, well, the real common one on that is it's a bad ground. And I said, it's a bad ground right from the factory. It's uh, it's when they attach the ground, ground to the extra wiring harness, the... Uh, uh, th they didn't do a good job of cleaning up, cleaning it up, and then painting over it afterwards. And I said, "Go, go in and, and take a look at it." The guy actually had it at a shop. They, they, they ended up looking at check engine light issues, which had nothing to do with the trailer light wiring. Mm -hmm. And he, he said he went home. He looked at it himself. He took care of it. He just drilled another hole, mounted the, the, uh, the separate ground wire for the factory trailer hitch wiring, regrounded it in a different spot. All his problems went away. Hey, I got one for you. You're going to love this. I had, in the past year and a half, I bet we've had six or seven Chevy uh, full-size express vans that sometimes have a no-stock condition, sometimes have no fuel pressure. Um, and what happens is you get the car in, you put it up on a lift, and guess what? The vehicle starts up. On a lot of these vans, on the um, passenger side, uh, between the chassis and the body mounting, there is a, uh, there is a ground strap that deteriorates just like the ground strap that deteriorates on a lot of the Honda vehicles underneath the hood, the older uh, four-cylinder Civics and uh, Accords. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And we're seeing, and I think some of, some of what we're seeing, you know, you're talking about corrosion. One of our listeners has a Mazda, uh, uh, Mazda 6, and it's got, you know, it doesn't have a ton of miles on it. It's a 2009. It was recalled because the subframe is all rotted out. And yeah. Mazda says, Mazda gave them a loaner car, and they said, we don't know when we're going to get the parts in for it. And, you know, when do, when do we ever see rust like that that was so bad that, you know, the car couldn't be driven? No, 2011 Jeeps are kind of the same thing. The Jeep Compasses, same thing. The subframes rot out on those things, and that should yep. be under a recall. But it has not been recalled as of yet, so we just keep yep. moving forward. But the uh, industry that we are in uh, today with the automobiles, uh, people now are being forced to actually 
fix their cars and make the repair, whether it's for an emission-related issue or a drivability issue or that you know pesky check engine light issue. Um, you know, it's it's people have to fix their cars, and you know I get people coming with a check engine light. Well, it's nothing. I had it down at the, the the shop, and they checked it out. They said, oh, "Don't worry about it." I said, "Look, if it wasn't a problem, it would not be on. Whether I fix it or you fix it, someone's got to fix this thing." So I mean, it, it yeah, goes and, on and on and, and on. And you're not going to get you're not going to get an inspection sticker either. So, yep. Now we got two thousand four vehicles as of uh, as of January first uh, will be exempt from that pesky check engine light, and next year oh five year after that oh six. So you know you, you can put a sticker on these cars with a check engine light uh, as long as they're not uh, compliant to have the check engine light not illuminated when it comes time for that sticker. And then you get the people yeah, that the batteries or shut their lights off even for a sticker. Well, I don't have a check engine light, but I got a rejection sticker. Yeah, someone disconnected the battery or cleared the light. Yeah, I did. Right. And, you know, you can't yeah, do that. yeah, yeah, and and the rules have changed a little bit about airbag lights too, because now the, if the car is more than ten years old and it has an airbag airbag light on it, you can still pass it now. That I don't understand. Uh, yep. I don't understand yeah. that, but that's okay. And the ABS light, I do understand. But you know, we keep yep. moving on and moving on, and uh, we're seeing a, it's a tremendous amount of cars out there today, Johnny. That people aren't buying new cars; they're leasing them for two or three years. And what happens is, uh, you lease it for three years, two and a half years into the lease, you get a call or an email saying, "Look, we'd like to buy you out of that lease and get you into a another new car for less money and no penalties." What a great idea! And that's what people yeah, are it's doing a, now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, but you kind of wonder for that first two or three years they've owned that car, have they, re have they really done any basic maintenance to it? But I guess today's cars, you can almost do nothing to the car for a couple of years, and it's still a, still a pretty solid car when you're done, right? Yeah, pretty much they're driving. I mean, we're seeing uh, people uh, that come in, well, it's time to change the oil. It's been a year. Well, you know what? You've you got to do it at least twice a year these days. You know, you can't run this annual oil change thing. It doesn't work. If you're going to keep the car, if you're not going to keep the car, then fine. You know, but if you're going to keep the car more than three or four years, because that's when you start seeing the problems. About four years into ownership, you start seeing all of the little solenoids and valves that are all oil pressure controlled and electronically controlled through oil pressure uh, start to go bad. And of course, the Chevrolet had all those little four-cylinder engines that didn't work. They uh, just all gummed up and, yep. you know, they, they ate a lot of them, which is what they should have done and they did. Yeah, we were talking about that the other night with the Iron Duke. Remember the Iron Duke? Yes, that's a hundred years yeah. ago. I know. Wow. I know. Yeah, there was some, uh, and you kind of look back at you know, especially some of the uh, GM stuff, and you kind of wonder, you know, where they went and what they were doing with it. And, and near the very end, they actually, you know, they maybe got it just about right, and then they could do away with it. So. Yeah, well, that's, you know, General Motors um, has had some issues. We wrote a little, a little story about that about, about three weeks ago, and uh, the problem with GM, Ford, and Chrysler is the uh, white-collar workers at all their parties and all their golfing events and blah, 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 they just don't get what the real person wants. GM, Ford, and Chrysler have literally shot themselves in the foot uh, and elsewhere with their cars and the way they build stuff. You look at a Toyota or a Honda, now you look at Kia and Hyundai, you've got some fabulous, fabulous automobiles. You look at Ford, GM, and Chrysler, you know, unfortunately, they can't build a car like they should anymore, and they never did. All they had to do was take apart a, a Corolla with 300,000 miles on it that runs perfect and say, wow, where'd we go wrong? You know, everything from the, from the chintzy brake lines 
to the, the, the tinny oil pan covers and the valve covers, to all the junk that they shoved down our throat, and now they're paying the pipe of the tune. You know, yeah, they built a nice truck. Chrysler builds a great uh, performance car. Chrysler's the only one, I think, building performance cars right now. The Camaro and the Mustang, well, they're okay, but you can't beat that Challenger. And when the Challenger comes back in another year and a half that goes on a 500-pound diet, it's going to be one heck of an automobile, even more so than it is now. Yeah, yeah it, it is uh, It is one heck of a car now. And you, you mentioned GM and Ford, how they're, um, you know, they're discontinuing all their sedans. Uh, GM's dropping the Impala. GM's dropped uh, one of the caddies. Ford's only going to make a Mustang, and that's about it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Lincoln's still going to have their sedans, but you wonder what's going to happen. And you know exactly what's going to happen. It's uh, Mazda, Toyota, and Honda are going to are going to all of a sudden be the big sedan company. Everybody's going to go. What happened to the What happened to the U.S. automakers? Why you know Why is this happening? Sure. It's because they let it happen. Yeah, they let it. Yeah, happen. they they let it they let it go right by them. And they, they just, I don't think, really thought uh, years and years ago that uh, these import cars were going to do what they do. I mean, you get into uh, a 5, 8, 10, 12-year-old uh, Camry uh, or a Corolla or a Honda, and the seats are still in great shape. You get into uh, even a BMW that's 4 or 5 years old, or even some of the Mercedes that are 4 or 5 years old, or any GM Ford and Chrysler car 4 or 5 years old, and the seats are terrible. They're putting crappy hmm. interior parts in these cars. Even Mercedes has some yeah. really crappy, you know, very, very thin leather that's very hard, and it all cracks. I mean, you look at the bolster seat and, you know, on just about any car out there, with the exception of what I just mentioned. And we see it yeah. every day. Yeah. You know, when you look no, at uh, all the same problems, John, on all the same cars, over and over and over again. You know, we're looking at wheel bearings that deteriorate on a lot of stuff. The ABS tone ring deteriorates on a lot of the wheel bearings. The hubbin bearings go bad on these cars. I mean, you know, it's yeah, some of it might be uh, installation uh, error from the technician not using a proper torque wrench, but the majority of stuff uh, on a lot of these cars is sub-quality parts right from the get-go. It's too bad. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. And I was talking with the guys here at Auto Toys about uh, sub-quality parts a little earlier. And uh, you know, you, you talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, I can buy that ball joint for twelve dollars online, or I can buy this, yes. you know, pretty inexpensively." And it, and you get what you pay for. You get, you get junk. Some of the stuff that you buy at some of these mail-in online stores, you get the part, and there's movement in it already. You put the part in, and within 90 days, uh, you want to bring your own parts job? I'll be more than happy to put it in. And you know what happens? Six months later, oh, Jesus, the thing failed. Can you replace it? Yeah. Well, is it, is it going to cost me? Yeah. Why don't you buy a good yeah. one? You know, take the yeah. brake pads. You can buy brake pads, $8, $10, I mean, all over the place. There's no DOT right. certification on brake pads. I put brake pads on a lot of our uh, Ford Transits, which aren't bad, the big Dodge Promasters and a lot of the Chevy vehicles, and we're paying, we're paying 75 to 100 bucks for a set of pads, and you get the same crappy quality. You've got to buy the hmm. good stuff. You buy it once and you forget about it. That's yeah, that, that, really, that, that, really, that really is true. There's, uh, I was talking to somebody who bought a set of ignition coils uh, online, and the uh, factory coils were, I think, a hundred bucks a piece, and they bought yep. all six coils for like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, and I'm like, you're just not gonna, you, you're not gonna get what you, you're not gonna get what you think you got. Nope. We tried that on a BMW for a gentleman. He brought his own coils, and I says, you know what? These are not gonna work. 
within 60 days of this back, he says, take them out, get the right ones, put the right ones in, I'll send these back to uh, the company I bought them from. Yeah. It yeah. just didn't no, work. I, I mean, it's terrible. But there is no, a, it really is. a big difference. Yep. Same thing with drive axles. Mm. You try to put a, a, a aftermarket drive axle in a Honda Odyssey or one of those uh, larger Hondas, you got to take them out. The vibration on and off the gas at 45 miles an hour is incredible. You put a set of Honda axles in, and guess what? The, the problem solved. Yeah. I mean, no, you it, tell people but every day. Yeah, no, it really, it, it really is. It, it's, uh, you know, I, although I was looking at, uh, I replaced the filters in my wife's Volkswagen, and I ordered them online, yep. and uh, they they were exactly the same filter um, made by the company who made the filters for Volkswagen. Yep. So and they were and, and and they were about a third the price, uh, but mm -hmm. they were uh, right down to the only thing missing on it was a it was the name Volkswagen on the side of it, but it was yeah. exactly the same German filter maker that makes makes them for Volkswagen. So man makes uh, a but nice that's filter, not, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's what it was. And and yep. that and but that's one of those that's one of those things that it's you never know what you're going to get sometimes and. You, you know, you you have to take that chance. But even I've seen people order cabin filters online, and the filter doesn't quite fit, and then they wonder why they're getting dust and dirt inside the car and, uh, you know, just having all kinds of problems. And I even saw one fall out, and it dropped down, and it, it jammed the fan and caused the fan to act up. So you got to be careful with these aftermarket pots. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really incredible. But, you know, the industry that you and I are in, there's always going to be cars. There's always going to be people calling uh, Mr. John for information. And there's always going to be people that go to uh, companies like Auto Toys to get remote car starters put in and upgrade radios and things like that and maybe some splash guards and all that other stuff that's out there. But the car companies, they want to put... Uh, people like him out of business. They want to put the car starter in from the factory. They want the high output radios from the factory, and uh, that's affecting a lot of these guys. You know, and it's yeah. you, you got to just diversify and move on to deeper and other items other than you know putting in the car starters and the audio systems because some of today's cars, the audio systems are tied into the ECUs, and without the proper yep. um, uh, amplifiers and adapters, these things don't work properly in the new cars. Uh, and, and it's funny. It's even it's even stuff like uh, high intensity. Uh, no, going going to LED lights, and you go to an LED light, and if it's a if it's a lighting system that's tied into the computer system, all of a sudden now you replace this. You put an LED headlight bulb in, and next thing you know, you get a check engine light that's on. That's exactly right. And there's so many of these LED lights online. You see all these cars with white headlights that are very very bright aftermarket headlights. Uh, they are not DOT certified. But they do light up the, the gosh down road like crazy, and uh, it, it's amazing what's going on. I think I think for around here, though, people want to go down and put stuff in their car. One of the best, best things any person can put in their car. If they don't have it, John, and once you pass 40, is a heated seat. I think I think uh, 40 isn't isn't the only thing you have to worry about. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's right. Hey, hey, and you were telling me the other day you. You, you got one of your toys coming back home, don't you? You got the Viper coming yeah, back home. The car is on. The car is uh, left Texas. It's on its way back here. You'll be back here probably Tuesday from a place called RSI in uh, in Texas. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty interesting. The Plano, Texas, is where it's been for the last year and a half. Yeah, it's uh, it, and that's that's a car you've owned for for quite a long time. That's been around since 1996. That was, believe it or not, uh, Herb Chambers' uh, own personal little toy that he uh, 
beat the heck out of for about three weeks and he got tired of it, I guess. Yeah, and and you had it, and it's been it's been in, it's been in uh, a variety of places, right? It wasn't out in Hennessy. It was at Hennessy had it for a while. Time. Yeah, yeah, Hennessy actually uh, goofed up on it, so they had it twice. Uh, the Chambers organization sent it back to back to Hennessy. They got it. We got it back from them. Uh, then uh, you know we wanted to say, you know what? It's too loud. It's just now. So we put a couple of turbos on it, or they call them air dryers. And um, then of course you have to do a little bit of other internal to it. And uh, now we're into, what, 2018, so the computers back in that day uh, just changed the signals a little bit. Now it actually has a real uh, online AEM computer that you can tune from a laptop sitting in the car. So it should be pretty interesting and much easier to drive. And uh, what's, the, what's the horsepower number at the rear wheels? Uh, it's going to be right around 934, according to what they said. And that takes into consideration the slippage from the big tires spinning on the dynos. And we were at the uh, Lippa meeting, the Christmas party the other day, and I was not aware, uh, talking with Brian, and he was telling me that they use now uh, hub-style, uh, you know, dynamometers where you actually take the tires off the car, put them uh, and bolt a, uh, <coughs> the dyno onto the rims, and then you onto the lug nuts there, and you get absolutely no slippage, so you get the real number. So, you know, a lot of these cars that are pushing seven, 800 horsepower, they could actually be pushing more, but the dynos uh, have a tendency to tire in the wheel to slip a little bit. So, you know, who knows? But it should be an interesting car to drive. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you mentioned Brian Brian Loans. He is uh, a New England Motor Press member, and he's uh, he kind of he kind of came out of and he will tell you that's that's probably not true, but he kind of came out of nowhere. He was he had his website Bank Shift, kind of a high performance website. Then he yep. ended up on uh, on cable TV on a, on a cable TV show. Now he's on Motor Trend TV with the show uh, Put Up or Shut Up. So uh, he's he's all he's all over television these days. Yeah, he actually started his uh, his career, believe it or not, as a youngster over at New England Dragway, uh, playing with cars and then, you know, calling some races up at the New England Dragway when there was no one actually up there, and uh, someone grabbed onto him and put him into a national celebrity, and I'm really happy for him. Good guy, he's got some kids, and he's having some fun living right here in the Avon uh, area, which is really good. Yeah, no, he's a uh, good good guy, and uh, yeah, he's going to be a Fox Sports announcer now uh, for Fox Sports Racing. So, uh, and he's he's just he's just kind of a a, a regular guy, just a, a fun guy to talk to, and uh, real knowledgeable about the stuff he knows about. So, uh, kind of like nice us, to John. see you know, hey. like us. He's a, well, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a young version of us. Yeah, a regular guy who just happened to be at the right place at the right time and uh, remembers where he came from, remembers what he does, and just a good guy who will help anybody out that he can. So that's a good thing. That's that's right. That's right. Hey, I know you got to get back to work, uh, uh, but uh, let's give let's give the shops a plug. Uh, High Park on River Street, right? Yeah, we're going to uh, River Street. Is 53 years in High Park, John, and the lights will be going out sometime, we hope, in April. Uh, to relocate down to the uh, 34 Bay Shop down here in Middleborough uh, once they get the building up and running. And it's been a fabulous 50-plus years in Hyde Park. Uh, I hate to see it go, but at my age, I can't do the drive anymore. Unless you want to get me an Uber yeah. every day. 
Yeah, I don't know. No, and then you still you still have to you're still stuck in traffic no matter how you look at it. So uh, as soon as they can figure out how to you know put that tunnel in that goes right from your house up to Hyde Park, you'd be. Ooh, fine. wouldn't that be nice? But no, that, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, the shop in Middleborough, you're you're just about tripling the size, right? Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very large shop. There'll be uh, there'll be over twenty two lifts, which is uh, yeah, that's dealership stuff. Yeah. That's that's uh, it's bigger than some dealerships. So uh, yeah, that's a, a that's time. a big shop. It's a big shop down there, and uh, and it sounds it sounds uh, like you're going to be uh, you're going to be having some fun putting it all together too. Yeah, well, it's start, the, the fun starts next week digging the hole, John. There you go. All right, I'll let you go. We, we will talk. All right, we'll we'll say hello uh, to everybody and uh, tell the listeners a yeah. happy holiday season. The same, same to you. Tell, uh, tell Miss Collar I said Merry Christmas. All right then. Uh, that was Junior Demato. You know him. He's uh, he's an auto writer. He hosted radio shows for years. And in fact, he's a guy who kind of got me to start to do this uh, years ago when it became part of my job. He said to me, uh, "You know, why don't you if if you're going to be on the radio periodically, why don't you?" Uh, uh, find a place to do it on a regular basis. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills, and then maybe when we come back, we'll get to talk to Dave from Auto Toys. My name's John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, and uh, we're broadcasting live from Auto Toys and Randolph. Auto Toys and Randolph is at 517 North Main Street, and uh, their website AutoToysWeb.com. You can see some of the work they do. And let's see if we can get uh, the boss over here and talk to us, since we're since we're sitting on his chairs, you know. So at least we can do. Have a seat. Sure. Let's see if we get microphones to work for you and. Yes, yes. Yep, yep. Dennis, everything sound okay? Sounds beautiful. Dave, sound okay? All right, perfect. All right, so, um, so that time of the season again, huh? It's it's remote starter time of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a little... Yeah, get a little closer to the microphone for us. Oh, yeah, just, uh, sure. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you, you do you do an awful lot of them, and even though cars, a lot of cars today have factory remote starts of some sort or you can buy a subscription and use a, 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 a phone-based remote start you're paying a monthly fee and you can you can do all that and more with uh, a one-time purchase in a lot of cases right yeah um we replaced probably almost a half a dozen factory remote starts just in the last few weeks because they perform so poorly with mm-hmm. range and uh, you know how many cycles you can use and that type of stuff. So people like the aftermarket ones better. They're less expensive. They're 
less likely to go wrong and when you have to get them repaired they're less expensive um, we do the smartphone based systems too yep. which again much much less expensive to run our smartphone based stuff sometimes you can even get a year of service yep. included so we do a lot of those and again the startup fees are much less expensive from us as well yeah and uh, you know you talk about range and, and yeah some of the factory remote starts um, if you can see them if you can see them, you know, it's uh, see the car, it's fine. But if you want to try to start the car from, you know, uh, inside a building or someplace else, they're just not going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And even our remote starts, um, our entry-level ones, we have upgrades to those that still keep the price very reasonable. They can give you half mile, one mile uh, of range. Uh, the remotes themselves will confirm back to you. So you'll know on the remote that you've used to start the car that the car is running. And, again, there's no fees or anything involved yeah. with those. And customers really like those. As so if you like, if you're at the Patriots game and it's cold and it's miserable and you want to start the car up ten minutes before you leave, you, you yeah, the remote might get that one. Yeah. You, you could be parked quite a few. Yeah. You well, know, if you're in the good, away. if you're in the good lots, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, you had a customer in here earlier that had uh, a very elaborate stereo system in a Porsche 911, mm -hmm. and he wanted you guys to fix it. Yes. Um, do you get a lot of that? Not a ton, but uh, when it comes along, we can do the original installation and we can repair if somebody's done it wrong. Yep. And uh, and you guys have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I've been in the business since 96 and been the owner here for almost 15 years. Yeah, and uh, a lot of your help has been here for almost as long, right? Yeah, um, two of my guys over a decade and the other one a half a decade. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good number for, for today. And, um, and I noticed backup cameras are getting smaller and smaller. I noticed you have a license plate frame one that it's not that big gawky thing hanging off the, the license plate. It just looks like a little chrome frame. Yeah, we do uh, a lot of the little micro cameras now, the frame built-in cameras that are hardly noticeable. And we even do like custom cameras for pickup truck uh, tailgates and certain uh, vans and commercial vans that you won't even tell that they were ever uh, even there. Yeah, no, it's a pretty pretty amazing stuff. And all the speaker upgrades, as good as stereos are today, there's a there's a lot of speaker upgrades that you guys can do and make and make a good system sound even that much better, right? Yeah, you can keep the factory stereo in the car the way it looked from original, and we can hide the speakers behind the original grills. And for a small you know increase in cost, we can make everything sound better. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it, it's. Uh, it's really, it's really good the way all the stuff works, and and uh, I know you have a couple of customers uh, here, but um, you guys, when you do the when you do the installations, um, I've seen some installations that people have hacked in the wires and done a lot of bad things, but you guys have plug-in harnesses or special connectors to make it all work, right? Yeah, anything that's available in the market we use that will allow us to plug things in. If we have to tap things in, we still try to avoid ever severing or cutting the factory wires. Yeah. We just do a tie-in style yeah. install so it never uh, takes away from the original yeah. factory. Which means that in a year from now, it's still going to work the way it's supposed to and not like some installations that a year from now, once the connections get loose and exactly. stuff just doesn't work anymore. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, five years, ten years from now, even if our wire failed because we never severed the original factory, it can never inhibit the car. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, let's go back to your customers because I you. see them there and maybe pop over again before 10 o'clock to say hello. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, AAA just did a study recently about faulty headlights. And I know you guys have upgrades. Absolutely. All right. 
<laughs> All right, that was Dave from Auto Toys. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about what's on your mind about cars and car business and other things. Uh, Toyota advances to replace uh, Takata airbags in about 65,000 vehicles. Toyota said uh, it's advancing by a year plans to replace defective airbags in 65,000 Toyota and Lexus vehicles. Said this uh, just this past Wednesday. Uh, the Japanese car maker U.S. subsidiary said the recall is being announced a year ahead of December 2019 timeline and would involve replacing Takata airbags that previously recalled and replaced with non-Takata airbags at no cost. The recall announced on Wednesday affects certain Corolla, Sequoia, Tundra, and Lexus vehicles. And... Uh, they're they're looking at uh, replacing them, and they uh, you know Takata filed for bankruptcy in June last year after recalling more than 100 million of its airbags and inflators worldwide, as they uh, could inflate with too much force and spray metal fragments uh, around the inside of the car. Um, we'll have to wait to see. Takata's assets earlier this year were merged into Key Safety, safety Systems, a $1.6 billion transaction. Uh, the combined entity is now called Joyson Safety Systems, uh, and it's got a Chinese subsidiary that's uh, taken taken part of taken part of that. So um, here's an interesting headline. I uh, it says uh, ex Porsche CEO tries to save combustion engine from scrap heat. Uh, using pulse microwave to ignite fuel rather than spark plugs or gold plugs, MWI microwave ignition engineers say they can cut consumption of gasoline and diesel by as much as 30% and emissions by as much as 80% because the fuel burns at a lower temperature. The German startup has won some powerful backers, including shareholder, uh, former CEO of Porsche, as tightening emissions rules force the car industry to embrace battery power. A German startup says... The technology to give the internal combustion engine a reprieve, uh, they're using uh, pulsed microwaves to ignite the fuel rather than spark plugs or gold plugs. The engineers behind the MWI microwave ignition uh, say they can cut consumption of gasoline and diesel by as much as 30% in, in emissions, which is the one of the reasons to go to, which is one of the reasons to go to electric. Uh, by as much as 80% because the fuel burns at a much lower temperature. Um, the company, based in a small Black Forest town, is one some powerful backers uh, among its shareholders is uh, the former chief executive officer of Porsche AG. Uh, MWI has manda- mandated uh, an uh, investor company to look for a buyer and international partner that can help promote the new system and increase its financial firepower. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, um, there's a quote here, and it says, I'm convinced that MWI is a disruptive innovation with huge market potential. So we'll have to see what that all turns out to be. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Why don't we take a call or two? Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hello? 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 Hi there. John, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Okay, here's a little feedback on the, on the uh, phone here. Uh, very good radio when you and uh, you get to, together. Yeah, he, he's always he's he's always he's always got an interesting take on a little bit of everything, whether it's uh, the car industry, car repairs, or life in general. So, 
Yeah, where he's still uh, turning a wrench. He's kind of into the, you know, the, <laughs> the trenches. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the question I have now, the next problem on my old uh, Jeep. Uh, when I start it up cold, I get a good oil pressure. It's up at like 60 pounds, nice and you know, it's cold. And as it starts to warm up, then it drops to where I think it's somewhere where it should be normal, like 30 pounds. Then if mm-hmm. I start driving it and, you know, back, it drops way down to like five pounds as it seems to get to running temperature. Is that too low? Very low. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, five, five, yeah. Yeah, five pounds, five pounds is pretty low. So, right. um... That pressure was there originally when I purchased it, when I, I noticed it. And then I did some work on the, on the, on the front end there. I'd take the, uh, get to the timing chain and so forth. And I had the actual gears. You know, I took them out of the pump, the uh, yep. oil yep. pump. Yep. And really, I, you know, visually nice and tight, nothing wrong with them, you know, mm-hmm. fit beautiful and everything. So does that mean worse problem? <laughs> Well, it could it could be it could be because um, you know the, the 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 big contributor that holds oil pressure is main bearings of the engine. So if there is a main bearing that's starting to get a little bit of wear, um, it is possible. You know that's where the oil pressure is going. Um, you know if the oil, the oil pump sounds like it's doing its job because we, like you said when you start it up it's uh, when the oil's a little thicker and and, and colder uh, it pops the oil pressure right up and keeps it right up the way it should and then you know as it gets uh, as it starts to uh, cool off as it starts as as it starts to heat up and the oil gets a little bit thinner well there's there's part of you know there's part of the problem so um, mm. at this point I guess I'd really want to see what the real oil pressure is i mean you're kind of guessing with the electronic age so well i don't have any i changed it out i changed that out too, oh okay because when i originally got it, it had the electric and then i switched it over to a real manual one a little tube and oh the okay oh you did okay yeah, yeah. because of yep. that i'm saying you know, I really, yeah so that yeah. so i think that's verified for the most part yeah 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 mm-hmm. so you know at what about yeah and and when you run the engine idle up a little bit, does the oil pressure come up? Yes. Yeah. If I revved it, if it was at that point where I'm losing the pressure, it's getting very low, and I do rev it up, it goes up a bit. You know, you can see it increasing some poundages. Yes. Yeah. But not a, but not yeah. you know, a real lot there. What I was wondering, because of that, uh, <laughs> if that heavy, you know, them stabilizers you see, it's like a thick. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. I wonder if they have any uh, effect. Or is there anything you could wash the engine out through the bearings? Or is it just the bearings are where they worn? Or I mean, whatever, if the, uh, yeah, if the if the bearing if the bearings are worn, yeah, if the bearings are worn, if the if it is actual, you know, wear and tear in in the uh, in the mm-hmm. engine itself. Well, is yeah, you you don't there's not there's not going to be anything <laughs> you can do other than yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. Unfor- un- unfortunately, that's that's the case. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, all right. So on the the, the scenario that I'm doing my little driving and plowing, and I notice the pressure is down. So what, the worst thing. So if if I kept at it, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. engine would could seize. Well, you could do more damage to the um, bearing. I mean, it's, 
If it's at a point well, where it's well, going to <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not going to get to. It's it's not going to get to that point. But you're going to, you know, as the oil pressure starts to drop to, you know, three or four pounds. Now, keep in mind, if this thing just had an oil light in it and didn't have a gauge, um, the oil light probably wouldn't come on until about five pounds of pressure anyway. So, you know, if if you if all you had if if all you had was an oil light, you wouldn't know you wouldn't know any different anyway. Yes. So yeah, I think at this okay. point, uh, at this point, I'd kind of just keep an eye on it and see, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you start to see it when you start it up in the morning and you start to see it, the pressure really start to drop down a little quicker, then, mm-hmm. I'd, then I'd maybe get uh, that much yeah. more concerned about it. But yeah, at this if point, there wasn't anything good cold, at least if it wasn't anything, you know, the pressure was low cold. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so see, that's where I was going to with the fuel before, because like I said, it was having the yeah. flooding and fuel getting in there. I was, yeah. you know, I was hoping that it was yeah. thinning out the oil. You know, yeah. but may not. Yeah, but, because yeah. It, it's actually it's actually the minimum oil pressure at idle is um, four pounds. Hmm. Well, yeah. you know, it, and at, at three thousand, uh, yeah, at three thousand RPM, twenty-five to eighty pounds. Okay, but if it's not going up to the twenty-five eighty, then you know you really got to yeah. you got yeah. Then you're starting to have a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you using for oil in it? Uh, ten forty. I, I, what I did last year, I had some ten thirty. Uh, I bought a jug. It was yeah. like five dollars of cast oil. Yeah. It was just getting rid of the line, oh. and it was um, yeah. synthetic. Yeah. It was 10.30, mm-hmm. so I put that in, and I did have, I had like a, somebody, my neighbor had some uh, that stabilizer, that heavy stuff, about a quarter of it, and we dumped yep. it in there. But I never really got to really use it because we didn't get any more snow. But, and right. that's why now as I'm working on it, I'm revving up and seeing it's going back to its old tricks or whatever, you know, all of that. Yeah. I do want to just change yeah, it up, so I, would it be better, 10.40? Which is Yeah, I, I would use... Yeah, I would use I would use 1040, and you know I'd I'd stay away from using stuff like STP or any of those things. Although you know it will thicken up the oil and it will raise up the oil pressure a little bit, but I just use the 1040 regular oil in there and and see what happens. Mm. Yeah. Would I would I do any harm or I baby it like warm if I what if I went to like a 1050? Just saying, where I only use it in the driveway. I just wonder is that not yeah. good? Yeah, no, with no, no. That that that'd be fine if 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 uh, if mm. uh, I didn't know better, I'd say, well, you know, put twenty fifty in it, and you're gonna the little thicker oil is gonna make up for some wear and tear, but it also is gonna start a lot hotter in the cold weather. So, right, but I didn't use it every day, so it's just one of those. Okay, yeah. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Yeah, well, all right. Thanks again. Well, good yeah. luck okay, with it. John. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I think we have another call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. This is John. What can we do for you? Hey, John. Um, I have a 99 Maxima, and the other day I noticed a little drip of coolant on the uh, garage floor. When I'm crawling around under there today looking for the leak, what uh, what's the range of issues I could be looking at, do you think? 
Well, it could be anything from uh, simple to not so simple. It could be uh, it could be uh, just a, a radiator hose that started to leak. It could be a radiator that started to leak. It could be a, a variety of different different things. Uh, where where on the ground does it look like it's leaking from? Is it near the front? Is it under the middle of the engine? What what do you think you see? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out the other day. I mean, it, it could be hitting some piece of plastic shielding and running back, but if that's not the case, then my guess is it's not directly under the radiator. It would be more under the engine. Is it more like right side or left side of the engine? I'd say it's pretty much center. Really? Okay. Well, in in that particular case, I guess I'd just get under there and pull that plastic that plastic shield that's under there off and and see and see what's see what's going on under there and and see what it is. But um, you know, my first thought was that what's probably wrong with it is it may need a water pump, and and if it is a water pump and it's leaking down, it's leaking down from from the side of the engine where the fan belts are on and then it's going to it could travel across if it's leaking enough it could travel across that plastic shield that's under there and you know if you need to put a water pump in it you're probably looking at uh you know 100 to 160 dollars for the part and probably three hours or so labor to replace the pump uh but the best thing to do would be um to pressurize the system so you can check for other other leaks and problems and see where things are leaking from. But like I said, it, you know, underneath the car, um, there is um, there's sometimes a crossover tube that runs runs around, and it could be that. It could be a it even could be a coolant sensor that's that started to leak. Uh, but my first guess before I thought of something terrible like a you know, an engine block problem, or even a, uh, or even a core plug that started to leak, is probably a water pump. Water pump, okay. Yeah. Um, and like I said, to to replace that, you're looking at probably four hundred fifty dollars. Yep. Yeah. Now, for the water, there be any other symptoms, any other noises or smells? No, no, or? not. No, not really. I mean, you could get you could get a little smell if the antifreeze hits the hot exhaust. Uh, you could get a little bit of a smell that way. It's going to smell like maple syrup burning off. Uh, it's going to have that little bit of a smell to it. Uh, but short of, short of that, that's really about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Good luck. Let us know. Let us know what it is. All right. You too. Bye bye. 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030. Uh, where are we going now, Dennis? Uh, we have Robert in Tingsboro, who's been patiently waiting. All right, let's talk to, let's see how our buddy Robert's doing. Robert, good morning. Good morning, John. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'd like you to uh, give me your opinion on you know today's modern vehicle with fuel injection versus the old carbureted idling them for you know long periods of time is there more detrimental in the older vehicles or is it the same oh it's a lot more detrimental with the older vehicles both yeah. what's coming out of the tailpipe and what's going into the crankcase yeah, um, as as the, engine, the, today's yeah 
Yeah, today's fuel-injected cars, the fuel is much more pre much more precisely metered, so you have less fuel ending up in the crankcase uh, than you did with a carbureted car, where you know the it could be anything you know good or bad. It could be anything that the fuel is is uh, uh, diluting the oil, and you can have you can have all kinds of problems, and uh, you know you can have a lot of things going on at that point. So um, you know the other thing was back in Back in the older days when cars had carburetors, you'd start them up and the carburetor choke would stick partially open and you'd, you'd be almost flooding out the engine. Today's fuel-injected cars, you don't have that unless there's a bad sensor or something else that's causing a problem. So um, it, it's, it's, yeah, much more detrimental for the older cars than it is for the new ones. Years ago, uh, I saw a survey or a demonstration done, and it took, and this was probably 2000 five or something and they took two they took 50 ford mustangs and had them idling and there was less tailpipe emissions from the 50 ford mustangs than there was from 165 ford mustang <laughs> i'm sure yeah, the reason i ask uh you know my wife seems to think that i'm running my vehicle to warm it up well you know in the first 60 to 90 seconds i'm letting the idle come down from say 1500 back to 800 because I don't want to mm -hmm. engage its transmission at that RPM, you know, damage, you know, put some strain on the clutches mm -hmm. and the ring and pinion and U-joints. I'm not warming the thing up by any stretch. I know better. But she seems to be under the impression, I'm, and I do it with her vehicle, too, because, you know, it takes a, depending on temperature, it takes a little longer to kick it back down before I engage the transmission. And I wanted yeah. her to hear, hear your explanation, but she went shopping, so... <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's 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 what happens if you if you get in your car and some people still want to warm up their car for long periods of time because they think it's good for the car well it's not really necessary but right. that minute or so by the time you get in the car start it up put your seatbelt on get comfortable turn the radio on by then it's usually kicked down enough where it's lowered the lower the engine idle so you're driving away and everything's good you know what a lot of people make a mistake of they warm up a car for you know 20 minutes and then they get in and they drive it you know 100 miles an hour yeah, and that's no good for the car because yeah. yeah because the rest of the car the the barons cool. haven't warmed up the yeah. brakes have everything's you know especially when it's uh you know 10 degrees outside that's tough on all of the lubricants in the engine that haven't been able to gradually move and start to flow the way they should so yeah that's um yeah. That's Absolutely. one of those things that's always, yeah, yeah. That was just one of my particular, you know, idiosyncrasy of letting the idle come down. Is that a good practice uh, rather than engage it as soon as it fires up at 1,500? Yeah. You know, 1,500's not really that fast, so, you know, could you get away with, you know, putting it right in gear? Sure you could, but waiting a minute or so for the idle to come back down isn't is isn't going to hurt anything or, you know, is it going to help anything? It can't hurt. So right, yeah. I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have your foot on the brake and you go to and you go to put it into reverse or drive, you know, at 1500 RPM, when it clunks into drive a little bit harder, does it wear a U joint? Does it wear a, you know, does it wear a differential gear? Does it wear a side gear in the in the differential? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, over the life of the vehicle, if you keep it forever and ever and ever, it might make some real difference. But for the most part, probably not. Not a ton, but um, right. but it can't. It can't. What you're doing can't, certainly can't hurt. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to see if your opinion and mine were similar. <laughs> uh, you okay. going to be on next week now? 
Oh yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say out of the way. I wish oh, yeah, you a Merry yeah. Christmas. Okay. No, no, I'll, I'll be next I'll, week. I'll be I'll be here I'll be here next week. Uh, okay. Even though even though I have uh, I came home yesterday with what seemed like the one day flu, uh, feeling a little bit better today. But boy, it was a it was a it was a tough day yesterday. Yeah, so. that time of year. Yeah, no, it, it uh, and it, it was something. I woke up in the morning. I felt great. Or as good as I do, I guess. And by uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, one o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't think I was going to make it back to work, and I got back to work and uh, and uh, and ended up going home early, which is something I don't usually do either. So uh, yeah, right. it was just uh, one of those things. But yeah, uh, take care. Here at Auto Toys today, having fun. All right, all right. You take care, Robert. Bye now. Bye bye. Yep. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030. Why don't we take another break, pay some bills. We're broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. It's your home for uh, one-stop automotive accessory shopping for, uh, you know, remote car starters, upgraded stereos, new speaker systems, headlight systems, all kinds of stuff they sell here. And uh, uh, it really is a toy shop for your car. And uh, if you're thinking about any of those things, including a Christmas gift of a remote car starter, and as Paul Sullivan says, remote car starter, way cheaper than a garage. Uh, it really is. Why don't we take a break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL or 100.3 FM. And we'll be right back. Got some mistletoe hung from the bow of the boat. Stockings are filled with sunshine rays. It's Christmas in Blue Chair Bay. There's lights up in every pond. And so like the program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM. Either way. Um, Volkswagen Beetles going away this year, and uh, they get some special colors for the last farewell. The latest uh, final edition of the iconic Volkswagen Beetle will have special color and badging and wheels as the bug drives into the uh, sunset next year, just as it did 15 years ago. So the the uh, first generation came out 15 years ago, came out with a second generation, and now uh, it's going away, and we'll have to see where that's going to go. Um, it debuted in 2011 for 2012 year Volkswagen will end production for the they're calling it the slow selling model uh, in hard top and soft top version in uh, and it was made in actually Pueblo, Mexico Volkswagen sold 15,000 Beetles in the US in 2017 sales have fallen about 5.8% this year through November and um, the uh, the final edition is 
called the Ultimate Edition or Ultima Edition, and we'll uh, rip a page from North American uh, Beatles' previous final edition in 2003 by copying the final two colors, now called uh, Safari and Stonewashed Blue. Uh, the 2019 edition will feature standard chrome treatments and body color side mirrors, um, special wheel packages, uh, rear beetle badge to replace the turbo badge on the tailgate, uh, special seating and sunroof for uh, standard pricing on the final edition SE begins at $23,940, including shipping and the convertible $28,190. So if you want to buy the last of something, you buy the last of a beetle and see, see what you got. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're uh, thinking about uh, driverless cars, Waymo will begin offering commercial robo-taxi service. Waymo One with its self-driving Pacifica plug-in hybrid vans. They say about 400 of them that participate, participate in the company's pilot program in Greater Phoenix will have uh, first crack at using minivans. And uh, human safety drivers will remain in the vehicles just in case. And uh, out of uh, government news, uh, the president's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, said to the White House, wants to end subsidies on electric vehicle purchases. Kudlow didn't provide details on uh, what the White House would do to eliminate or change the tax credits, uh, which would require an act of Congress. Experts doubt the uh, sweetener can be changed by executive order. So... Some little news there. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to John in Arlington. Good morning, John. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is about my son's car, so I don't really have all the answers, but he has a Honda Odyssey, okay. which has well over 100,000 right. miles. I maybe 10, 12 years old. But what happens is okay. he gets up in the morning, tries to start the car, doesn't start. Uh, and he goes out and he charges a battery and off he goes for the day. So now what he's doing at night, he's disconnecting the positive side of the battery. He gets up in the morning mm-hmm. it, and away it goes. So we just wonder where he could start, you know, unless something's draining that battery, right? You know. So. Yeah, it really is. It's called par- it's called parasitic drain when there's some electrical system that that just causes causes. Uh, something not to shut off on the car and it could be it could be almost any number of things uh it could be a a dome light is staying on or something like that um what i would start with is just do the obvious things you know when it's dark outside go outside and see if there's a dome light or or a courtesy light somewhere somewhere on on the car that that can uh that's causing that kind of problem And, and yeah and you might see something you might see something that that's kind of obvious that you know is one of those things then after that uh, there's you know it, there's any number of things after that it could be and and you can you know what would happen in a garage is it they'd hook a they'd hook a meter up to it and they'd check for parasitic drain and the the first thing they would do once the system is all gone to sleep because what happens is there's a lot of systems that stay uh, kind of up and running and once it's gone to sleep they go they'll go and they'll see that there's still a drawer on the system and then they'll start pulling fuses out one at a time to at least come to the point where it's not it's not working, you know, it's, it, you watch it drop down to zero. So there is so something, just, you know, there is something going on in there, so. Okay, so I think you know, the obvious thing is 
go out there at night and see if you see something, you know. But yeah, you know, yeah, I'll, that's I'll, the, that's the first place to start. Okay. Well, thank you. Can yeah. I ask you one more okay. question? Okay. Uh, have you All seen right. the new sure. Rev Four Twenty Nineteen Rev Four? Have you seen that yet? I I only in pictures. I haven't seen it in real life yet. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot for the information. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Thanks. Take care now. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Is how you get through. Hey Dave, you, yeah. can you stop over again? Sure. All right, let's talk to the boss again here and see what he's got going. He's doing. He's writing down lots of things. He's writes. He writes a lot of stuff down. That's what I know. Appointments. Is that what it is? Appointments? Is yes. that what it is? Yeah. Well, that's good. Appointments yes. are good. Um, I noticed, uh, you know, I've been coming here for years and years and years, and you guys seem as busy now as you did when I first started coming here. Yeah, it doesn't ever seem to let up. It changes to different things, but we stay very busy. We try to be a good shop where people want to come and spend their money. And I noticed there's a lot of people that come and just uh, buy some stuff off the racks. You know, stuff that they're, they're in the middle of a project. They're in, the, they're in the middle of doing something. And I know somebody just left with a little package or something. And Yeah, I mean, they come in for tools and uh, parts, uh, wiring, RCA cables, different things to do their own installs too, and we supply that as well. Yeah, no, that's that's great to see. And I I mentioned before you left last time that uh, AAA just came out with a study about uh, uh, headlights and how over time the headlight lenses get all cloudy and dirty. And and as part of that, there was another study that was done that said um, most cars with the low beams on, you, over 45 miles an hour, you can't see where you're going. You're not. You're overdriving speed-wise. You're overdriving how bright your headlights are. Um, but you guys have some uh, headlight replacements that uh, that provide more light on the road without being obnoxious, right? That is correct. Um, we can help with older cars that do have lens issues. Um, so that is a something that we do. We have a, a, a place close by that allows us to get them at wholesale so we can help with that. But for cars that just need help with their lighting, we can change the bulbs out. We're going to upgrade them to LED and they're going to be much brighter whether you're 20 years old or you're 75 years old, anywhere in between. Uh, we can make it so it's a lot easier to see while you're driving at night. Well, between the time you're 20 and 60 years old, you need three times as much light to see. <laughs> and whether it's, whether it's on the road or, you know, in your kitchen, you need three times as much light to see. Uh, so Agree. So, um, and when you're 80 years old, you need four times as much light to see. So having more light on the road is a good thing. LED headlights, when they first came out uh, as an aftermarket replacement, um, especially if they were wired into the computer system of the car, they had some problems. You put, you put a bulb in, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, a check engine light would come on. Yeah, they were too efficient. The computer couldn't tell they actually existed, so they thought the bulb was actually blown, and so they'd throw a check engine light. Uh, nowadays, they use uh, special boxes called igniters, which help to keep the computer in check. Happy. And uh, it's a really amazing. It uses less energy. Um, they are wonderful for low beam, and, and people are buying more and more high beam versions, too, because when you're out on you know roads in New Hampshire or back roads in Massachusetts, it's great to have that super bright help to see you know deer and everything else that's coming at you my wife in in the, my car actually the one but she drives it more than i do um she said the other day i i don't think the backup lights work and 
So I said, well, let's find out. Cars new, they should work, and they do work, but they're not very bright. Mm. Um, do you have LED replacements for those too? We do. Yeah, we do quite a few uh, reverse light upgrades, much less expensive than a headlight. So um, definitely something we can help you yeah, out with. And, and is that just a plug-and-play kind of thing, or is that something that requires a... Uh, uh, an igniter type thing as well or is usually it not an issue for backup light the hardest thing is the car itself could make it more difficult to access the light but most cars aren't that big of a deal yeah yeah so i i could actually fix our problems then absolutely or just tell her not to back up yeah less than 100 bucks usually yeah. installed yeah. installed there we go and um uh, and it is, uh, you know, it is remote start season, and you guys, I notice you guys still have your pre-wrapped uh, Christmas present boxes. Absolutely. Um, we do the work of wrapping the gift for you, and if you can't get here before Christmas, you'll be able to come after, and they'll still have something under the tree that they can open up, and it'll have information on making the appointment. It'll say congratulations. It's something physical you can touch and feel. It's not just a gift card, which is kind of a little, you know, blah compared to having a nice wrapped gift, which we take care of for you. What's in the box? Um, old school dummy remotes, <laughs> some fake wiring, some paperwork. So it looks like you're getting a real remote start when really you're going to get the right real right one when right you come right in. Yeah. But something physical to yeah. touch and, and hold. And uh, speaking of remote starts, there's kind of the inexpensive way where you have a remote for your car, but you have an add-on little thing you keep on your keychain. But you can also go as far as replacing the factory remote. Uh, with one that incorporates a remote start by adding an extra button. And now all of a sudden you're just carrying around one fob instead of two, right? Depends on the car. If it's a push-to-start car, you got to keep your fob. Yeah. If it's a car with a key that has the buttons built into the head, you're still going to have to carry that. So it depends on the vehicle. Yeah. Um, we can add it to the factory remote, but usually we'll recommend a small separate remote because our remotes have 10 times and more the range than the factory remote has. That's, you know, 10 times the range. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So that's that's the range of, uh, you know, being in a restaurant and on a cold night and hitting the remote start and going out and getting into a warm car rather than one Not. that isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and as we pointed out, year after year, remote starts, a lot cheaper than a garage. Substantially <laughs> less expensive than a garage. Even if you've got a full-featured remote start with yeah. all the bells and whistles, it's a lot yeah. less than a garage. <laughs> yeah. And how about, can, can the... Um, Aftermarket remote starts be incorporated, so the seat heaters come on and that type of thing, or or that depends on the car. It depends on the car. If if the seat heaters work on timers, then no. But if they work on an on and off, we can adapt them so that that can be the case. Yeah. So uh, so you can get into a car with uh, warm seats. And speaking of seat heaters, do you guys do those? We do not. You do not. Well, you know. they're very specific on the cars that they work in and what's easy and what's not. So because we don't do leather kits yep. and and seat kits, we don't do the heaters. Yeah, that's just I was just curious where. Uh, you know, trying to keep people warm, and I noticed you guys still carry the full WeatherTech line of mats and visors and all that sort of stuff. Oh so yeah, lots, yeah. lots of WeatherTech. We do a, a bunch of Christmas gifts yeah. and year-round gifts for floor mats, floor liners, the custom liners, and uh, the rain guards. Yeah, and one thing I learned when I was here uh, many years ago was the Magnuson Moss Law or Moss Magnuson or whatever, whatever, whatever combination it is that when. Uh, uh, a dealer says, no, no, you can't have a remote start because it violates the warranty, and uh, unless we put it in, somehow that's okay. Uh, but that's a bunch of nonsense. 
It is so funny you say that. I had a customer in the other day who called in advance, said her son was coming in to get her Christmas gift, that she wanted us to stop him because she talked to the dealer, and the dealer said it was going to void the warranty of her car. I educated her on the Magnuson Moss Law, and she called Nissan Direct, Nissan USA, and they said that the dealer was lying, that it would not void the warranty. Mm -hmm. And she came in and got the remote start from me. And um, you do a lot of installations for dealerships, right? We do a lot of installations for uh, random uh, car dealers and private car dealers and that type of thing. Yeah. I got to grab. Yeah, there you go. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Auto Auto Toys has has a little bit of everything here. It's always it's always great to uh, come here and see the guys here and all of that at the same time. So our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Next week we will. Uh, uh, we have some uh, some more auto show tickets to give away. We'll give those away next week, not this week. So, Dennis, calm down. Thank you. You were nervous. You were nervous for a minute. I was next week there. we'll do it. it. Yeah, and also we have uh, we also have some tickets to the flower show and the golf expo. So only because I ran into the person who runs the, the those shows, which. It, which is the same which is the same person who also good morning which is also the same person who runs the uh car show let's talk to richard hi richard. Morning, I hi there morning i just acquired a 2011 jeep it has the original battery should i start will be working should i start working for a new one uh, if it's a 2011 and it's got the original battery in it i think it's time i think it's time to think about a new battery yeah. Um, yeah. Do that, or should I? Uh, oh sure. Oh, oh no, no. We, we if you if you're a AAA member, if you call AAA up and say, hey, I need a battery for my car, we'll come out and we'll put in a uh, we'll put in a battery that's better than the one it came with. And if yeah. for some reason that battery is in good shape, uh, we'll yeah. come out and test it. We have we have uh, and I don't know. I am. Um, I'm going to learn about it this week, but we have a new battery testing tool, which everybody tells me, uh, you know, we, we have we have looked at different developments of battery testing tools over time. And I remember the first battery tester I ever had was a great big thing that put a big, big load on the battery, then the sm sort of smaller, cheaper ones. Um, it had an electric coil that would get red hot that would put that would put a load on the battery and then they went to an electronic version and i um some were part of a scan tool some were separate we used a, a very fancy one that could actually print out the test results and now they have one that is uh that is a little tiny thing it hooks up it's connected it's easy to connect up to the battery but it also uh it also runs a couple of uh, uh apps on a phone so you can actually scan the battery that the, is in the car it'll tell you exactly what that battery is and then you can you can test it and see what kind of shape it's in so um one way or the other uh, like i said you can call you can call uh AAA and have them come out and test it or you can or if necessary they can replace it and they can replace it with um one thing i like about our batteries as opposed to other batteries is that uh we only keep them on the shelf for about six months at a time and then we send them back to the factory um uh, I've been in uh, auto parts stores and even some of the big merchandisers like Walmart. And you look at the date tag on the battery, and the batteries might have been sitting on the shelf for a year or so. Well, you know that that battery is not as fresh as it could be, and it could give you some trouble. 
I'm going to wait. I'm going to do it before it hits something below zero. Next question. I there have you a go. Housemate that only I have a housemate that only drives 2,000 miles a year. How often should he change the oil? I would still do it once a year. Once a year in our filter? Yeah. I told him to yeah. hurry up and yeah. put some mileage on it. Yeah, so yeah, that would be the that'd be the smart that'd be a smart thing. Go, you know, maybe maybe uh, you know go to Florida a couple times a year or something. Go anywhere. Would be the best. Or, or, you go anywhere. Yeah, or just go into Boston. Yeah, stuck in traffic. Yeah, well, you know, two thousand miles two thousand miles a year isn't isn't doing you know, and chances are that two thousand miles is very short miles. It's you know a few miles at a time. Yeah, it's about a mile and a half each way. Yeah. Yeah, and, th and that's the worst kind of driving for a car because it never really fully warms up. And uh, no matter what, the oil gets contaminated with gasoline, antifreeze, condensation. And when the engine doesn't warm up fully, you end up with this uh, sort of sludgy mess in the oil pan. And those are the kind of cars that sometimes people go more than a year. Uh, but as a bare minimum, I would, I would get the oil and filter changed at least once a year. Uh, just as just because it is going to get contaminated from that short distance trip, but yeah, the best thing to do would be uh, drive that. For somebody who only drives a couple thousand miles a year, it might might be cheaper not even to have a car and just rely on Uber or Lyft or well, a taxi cab. How, how about this? Um, come come March turn around and get an electric car instead. There you go. There you go. Well, do it. Do it before the end. You're going to have four thousand miles on this thing, and it's going to, you know, why not go electric? Because you're the you're the candidate that they they hope to sell it to. Uh, yeah, I, and, and and it's um, you know, I'm seeing more and more uh, Nissan Leafs on the road. Used Nissan Leafs are actually a really good deal right now, um, and we're seeing every car maker coming out with some sort of electric car, whether it's uh, whether it's the uh, the uh, you know Chevy Bolt, which I have yet to drive, but I've been told it's a it's 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 a very nice car. And uh, the the other thing about the uh, one thing I did uh, uh, got a note from one of uh, one of our listeners or readers or something that said the only thing with the Chevy Bolt was the mileage was about 240 miles between charges on a on a nice day, but in sub cold temperatures last winter. It dropped down to about 150 miles, which it was uh, even a little, little bit lower than I thought it would. I didn't think it would go quite that low, but um, you know that's something to keep in mind. But for somebody who only drives a little bit of miles every day, an electric car would be fine, or even a plug-in hybrid, something like a, a Toyota Prius Prime. Uh, they're doing away with the Chevy Volt, which is actually the last generation Chevy Volt is a is a really nice car, and you might be able to get some good deals on that. But having a gasoline engine car that only goes a couple thousand miles a year is is not good for not good for the car and and uh, uh, not good for anything, really. All right. Well, thank you. I'll be in touch with AAA. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank all right. Good enough. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye. Chevy is Chevy launches a year-end employee pricing campaign. Speaking of uh, speaking of things, Chevrolet is you've probably seen the commercials has launched a national employee pricing sales campaign on all 2018 and some 2019 models uh, through the end of the year. Employee discounts offered to uh, uh, the general public are typically effective or in increasing short-term sales and clearing out older uh, model inventories. However, 
They have also been criticized for cutting into profit margins and pulling uh, sales forward. The Chevrolet exclusive employee discount for everyone includes the lease and purchase of all 2018 models and 2019 um, Equinoxes, Traverse, Colorado, and outgoing Silverado 1500 limited models. The deals run through January 2nd. The campaign is modeled on a program from a year ago, which their words, very successful uh, in strengthening the brand and connection uh, with customers. Last year's promotion, uh, he said, led to a fantastic December and robust January. Um, Chevrolet, Chevrolet following the industry's uh, sales record. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, many, 20, many GM uh, cars are discounted between nearly $4,000 for a Spark Mini car to more than $8,000 for an Impala sedan. Crossover and SUV discounts uh, range from about $4,000 for Traverse to more than $11,000 for a Tahoe or Suburban. So I guess if you want to buy a GM car, this would be the time to do it. Hey, I heard our buddy Sully's in the studio. Well, is that true? Well, you, you, I, I must have driven right by you in, in Randolph there. I forgot you were making your annual pilgrimage down to um, to Randolph today. I forgot. That's right. That's right. And it's uh, and as you pointed out, I've stolen your line twice today. Remote car starters cheaper than a garage. Yes, Dennis told me about the attribution. I appreciate that a lot. I, I you know, the copyright. Yeah. Uh, what, what do I get revenue yeah. for this? Some kind of uh, royalty here. You, you do. You get you, every time I mention that you get a you get an eighth of a cent. <laughs> I'm getting rich. <laughs> What's up? Uh, it, it's it, well. Uh, we're we're finishing up our, our ninety minutes here at Auto Toys, and it's been a it's been a pretty steady day here. People coming in, getting their remote car starters put in. People coming in buying accessories. Uh, just in here, uh, you know, just upgrading their cars. And and when everybody when people say to me sometimes that uh, you know younger people don't care about their cars anymore they're not they're not personal this a, a store like this completely changes this because you know people who want to make their cars a little unique come to places like this and continue to do it and uh, and uh, they do care about their cars and you know nobody nobody names a uh, a washing machine or a vacuum cleaner but they, a lot of people name their cars because they they spend more time with their cars than their spouse sometimes so yeah, so it's and, always sort of interesting. And and you and I have had that discussion before. And of course, um, I, I I haven't named a car in a while. But when I was a kid, I did because um, it was oh, the sure. thing to do. You know, I, I drove the uh, blue bomber and the, the silver bullet and the red fury. Yeah, but I never all named those, one like things, um, yeah. like JoJo or or you know or Wilma <laughs> or anything. And it was never a real no? human no? name. No, just a nickname. No. But yeah, because no. you're coming, no. you become no, attached I, to it. You do, you All do, right, because what was uh, yours? I, what was I, yours. Come on, give it up. I, I, you know, I never, I never did. I, my, you know, I, and I, I will say my very first car was a Rambler, and uh, I, I, because it was about the right time to do it, I called it Midnight Rambler because it was a Rolling Stone song. But yep. That was that was about it, but yeah, I didn't I didn't have my first few cars. It was a Rambler, or it was a Ford Mustang, a '57 Chevy, some uh, gigantic Pontiac Bonneville that I had for a while, and I never had I never had names for them. But my wife, on the other hand, uh, uh, there was uh, Beach Bunny, which was her previous car, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, her her current car, which is black with a beige convertible top, uh, is Guinness. Yeah, well, of course. That's great. That's because very it creative. looks it, it it looks like it looks like a freshly poured Guinness. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's very no. So. She had one of the um, oh gosh, just had a mind um, the the uh, the Chrysler the, the new Chrysler car. The oh, yeah, the was, PT Cruiser, right, uh, PT yeah, Cruiser, Cruiser convertible. Yeah, did she name that? Yeah, that was Beach Bunny. Oh, that was okay. Because it was affiliated think, with uh, your um, your uh, going to the Cape and being Cape. spending yeah, time on the yeah. beach, and there, and there, and there was a tiny little bunny inside of it. Well, of course. Hey, this uh, is yeah, ribbon and gravy. And I think I, I know <laughs> it is, isn't it? This is <laughs> a, this is, is amazing. This is I'm wondering this, exactly what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this, I have a trivia question amazing. for you. Yes, do you know, and this is for Dennis too, or anybody out there. Do you know uh, who Thurl Ravenscroft was? Not a clue. Nope. No? Nope. Really? You must have heard him about eight times this week. He's he's the 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 singer, well, the narrator on uh, "You're a Mean One, Mister." You know, oh, guy with the really really yeah, deep yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what else he did? I just found this out, and I'm an old guy, but I just found this out. He his voice. If you listen to it, it, it makes a lot of sense. He was the voice of Tony the Tiger. There, yes, he was. Great. Yes, he absolutely was. Yeah, same guy. And he got absolutely no credit for the Grinch song. None. Zero. They don't even say his name on the radio. I used to think it was Robert Goulet. <laughs> but I was wrong. Here's a, here's, here's a sad but interesting note about me. I have never seen the Grinch movie. Well, you're not in the same field that I am. I have to see it a, a couple hundred times every year. You know, just A couple hundred out. times, yeah. Just to keep yeah. up yeah. with the kids. Yeah. But, no. No, people talk, people talked about it the other day, and I said, you know, I've I've gone by it on TV. Maybe I've stopped for a minute or two, and then moved on. But yeah, I've never seen it. Well, one thing well, before you go, and I know Mr. Piano Guy's playing and all, but uh, what's the coolest thing down where you are? What's what's be, don't uh, leave out the automatic car uh, starter. What's what's the what's the next coolest thing? They have some speakers as big as my head. <laughs> Those are installed in your car. Your car. That <laughs> <laughs> you get a stall in your car to get get phenomenal sound. Yeah. And the other thing is, they have speaker wire that is the size of your pinky finger. Well, why do you need a wire? You get Wi-Fi. You don't even need it, right? Yeah. Yeah, but well, you get this thick wire, so you don't lose any sound between your your uh-huh. amplifier and your speakers. There's some there's some pretty amazing stuff in here, and they also have a whole line of accessories for boats. So if you're you know you want a nice cool stereo in a boat, but you also need it to be waterproof, they have that too. So they have all kinds of neat stuff. All right, ahoy, matey! I'll see you. you all will right, will you be in next week? I will. Here or there? As far as I know, next week or somewhere. No, else. I no next week. Uh, next week, I believe it's just Saturday, so All I right. think I'm coming in. All right, I'll be here. I All, right. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Dennis, you. thanks for the great. <laughs> Dennis, thanks for the great job you do, Paul Dennis Sullivan, great. and the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. The very best in Irish music heard here every weekend on Saturdays and Sundays on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>